Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable podcast. Uh, today we have a club update focusing on Tottenham and it's very much a Freaky Friday situation, although I have done this before. I am joined with the ordinary host, Kevin DeVries, who you can get on Twitter at Kevrov, obviously a Tottenham fan. So it is good to get his perspective, although we slightly change roles, so I'm sure we'll get used to that. But Kev, <laughs> welcome today. Thank onto you your own much. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I like to think of it as our podcast. Um, but yeah, figured uh, I should come on and talk a little bit about Bale on the full shows. You know, every once in a while I talk way too much about Tottenham. But uh, yeah, figured it was probably time to actually dive into everything that's been happening. Yeah, I think it is a good time. Um, obviously a disappointing first result last weekend. But there's been a bit of optimism injected into the club over the last seven days um a europa league victory which the result is all that matters and obviously the big news we'll move on to regulon later but i think we should start with bale he's coming mm. back to the club that he he left um several years ago now i think it's seven seven years ago wasn't yeah, it seven. yeah he's, he's coming back and he's coming back on loan and just before recording we did hear that there should be an option to buy in the deal so what are just your general thoughts on on Bale coming back and you're surprised that Levy has gone for it yeah so um we were just talking a little bit before we hit record that the information is coming out of the club at a much higher rate than it ever did under the Pochettino era um kind of like the Harry Redknapp period where just basically everybody knew what was going on so maybe in in late July early August we started to hear whispers that Levy was trying to pull off this this Bale deal um, it was largely met with uh, doubt <laughs> and confusion. Um, and then it just feels like something changed around the international break. Like he got away from Spain. Madrid got to watch him not be there. <laughs> and I think, obviously speculation, but I think that really is what switched things where Bale was like, I will do anything to be able to leave and play because obviously he he only played limited minutes in that first match for Wales. And I think it really brought into focus that like next year is the Euros. It should have been this year, obviously, uh, but because of COVID, it's next year. And he's like, I have to play if I'm going to be able to really help my country next season. Madrid, who the entire time have said that Bale can go, but whoever loans or buys him has to pay 100% of his wages. He's on 600K a week. That was never going to happen for us. But something switched there. Um and all of a sudden, it was a, they're willing to try to find some arrangement. And like I said, Levy has apparently been sniffing around since since late July, early August. So all of a sudden, all of those pieces started to, to line up on a potential deal. Obviously, there are risks, as people have pointed out. He's 31. He isn't the, the speed, power combined um, player that he used to be, where he could just dominate a defense. Because the smaller defenders can't outmuscle him and the, the stronger defenders can't keep up with him. 
but he still has plenty to offer, in my opinion, obviously a little bit biased. Um, but as I was talking to uh, Gitto about on Twitter, we, we don't need Gareth Bale to be our best player. That was the case in 2012-2013. He had to be. We we didn't have much else. We had a fading out of Bayor, uh, and then not much else. I think Defoe still had a pretty good start to that season, if memory serves. But it, it was not this team. It was Gilfie Sigurdsson as the attacking midfielder. I think Lewis Holpe even may have been there during that brief period. Kane was still on the youth team. Like it, it, it wasn't the team that it is now. Now all he has to do is either draw attention on the right from the defense to open up space for Son or Kane, or defenses are going to shy away from him and leave him in space, and he can obviously shoot from range. Um, so yeah, I'm. That's all. That's all the like <laughs> practical aspects. The emotional one is just incredible. I'm sure everybody has seen the reaction of the fan base, despite um, <laughs> perhaps concerns uh, from outside of the fan base that that Tottenham are, are making a really dumb. Uh, decision never get back with your ex and all that but i think everybody's just so delighted but most spurs fans probably have a bail kit somewhere that they're going to be able to whip out um and will do so with glee and yes he's not the player that that we saw leave he probably isn't the, the galactico uh signing that sometimes a player that you sign from real madrid could be but i do like to think of it emotionally like the vondervaart deal even though he was way younger of just this is a player that that lost his minutes at Madrid. Obviously, him and uh, Zidane had a bit of a falling out, the same way Vondervaart did with his manager at, back in the day. And he's just looking for a chance to prove himself. I mean, he scored more goals for Wales last year than he did for Real Madrid. Um, obviously, not great. Played just over a thousand minutes for Madrid, but he he just needed to not be there, is my opinion. And so the ceiling is he comes back, he finds his love of football again, he stays fit, and maybe he wins us 5-10 to ten matches that we wouldn't have won otherwise. If he does that, then we're probably solidly in the top four, let alone a top four race. <laughs> if he isn't fit, if he struggles, if the the physicals just don't live up to uh, even his his good Madrid days, let alone his his kind of final couple seasons at, at Tottenham, then, then you're in a bit of a, a weirder spot because then is that version of Gareth Bale better than developing Bergvine or is he better than the good matches of Lucas which are obviously far and few between then then you get into that kind of headache but I think that the main thing on the pitch that Bale will provide is a a elite level follower we talked about this back when he was at Tottenham previously that he's not a leader but he is a high level follower where if you see somebody of his stature of his wages which I'm sure we'll get on to for a second um it just makes other people more willing to follow. Um, and I don't know what the other point I was going to make uh, was on that. Oh, set pieces. Um, we uh, have been so desperate for a good set piece taker, even including before Erickson left, after he kind of dipped that last six-ish month. And it had been years since he had scored a free kick goal um, before. I think he did so against Norwich last season. I don't recall exactly who it was against, but... We've been really, really poor from set pieces uh, ever since Erickson's decline began. And so to have Gareth Bale just to do that, we just saw Eric Dyer hammer two free kicks from like 30 yards into the wall against the third or fourth best team in Bulgaria yesterday. Bale is inarguably a step up from that. Just the amount of chances that we'll get from corners from free kicks, I think will be a huge step up for us. So 
Just to wrap all of this up, A, I love it. Love that Bale's coming back for all of the emotions, all of the hype. Yes, I understand that he is not the same player that left us or the same player he was at Madrid. Yes, he's old and expensive. Yes, he will improve us despite all of that. Yeah, there were obviously caveats, but then there normally are with with most transfers anyway. But yeah, he is 31, but he hasn't played as many minutes as others have at his age. Um, You could say that could be a positive. Uh, coming back, he's got something to prove. Maybe he does have more minutes left on the clock than 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 maybe a, a normal 31-year-old Real Madrid player would have. Um, and I think something that is quite understated that I haven't seen written about much, but I think it's quite important with Bale, is that he he comes with a winning mentality. Like, this is a player that scored goals in Champions League finals, and Tottenham have had mm. this it, problem for the last few years of, of not going on to win competitions, seem to be missing that that winning mentality that top top teams have and a lot of the players you have don't haven't had that um, history of winning big trophies but Bale has that and he's been at Tottenham before as well so he, he can sort of he's got that extra wisdom to impart um, the only slight concern I'd have is is he going to be able to come in and, and play a secondary role to Kane or will he want to be the main man again does he come back with a point to prove and do you think that there would be any sort of issues between him and Kane because that seems to be something that some people are alluding to online. Oh, that's interesting. I had not seen that. Uh, first of all, the the choice is whether or not he's battling with Son for second. <laughs> it is not close to him battling uh, for Kane for his role as as really the 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 on pitch leader of this club. Obviously, Hugo and goal, but but he can only impact the match so much um, from back on his uh, line. But I think Bale has to recognize that he isn't the guy. I, I think even in speaking to Gitto about his role for Wales, even for Wales, he, he's obviously the name and he draws a lot of the attention, but what he really does is is help others um, by opening up space, by taking that attention both on and off the pitch. Um, it, I mean, it will be interesting. He he left as the king of White Hart Lane, air quotes, and very briefly, <laughs> not 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 long term. Um, and he will be coming back, like I said, as probably the third biggest uh, presence at the club, arguably fourth, if you want to include Hugo, who is the club captain. So we should probably be in that conversation as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that'll be a particular issue. And if it is an issue, then he needs to show it, right? Like he spent years at Madrid, kind of mocking them for not accepting him as as the elite talent that he was. That first year that he had for them was incredible. I think they won the Copa del Rey and Champions League because of him. I think he scored in both the winner and in both. No, the opener in the Copa del Rey and the winner in the Champions League. Um, but I just feel like he was never really accepted there. And, and he wanted to be one of those star guys. But obviously he was behind Ronaldo. And then he was behind the majority of the Spanish players, at least uh, according to most of their fans. So there might be some of that of like wanting to be the guy. But I think the same reason why it's so difficult for us to bring strikers, which again we'll probably talk about later, is that people know that they won't be. So I, I would hope he has the expectation of I am not going to come back as the guy. If he's able to prove that he is, that would be incredible because we all know uh, Kane's tenure at Tottenham might might not be as long as we had all hoped if things don't go well this season or next. But yeah, I, I think he'd have to be at least cognizant of the fact that he isn't going to walk back and be either the first name on the team sheet or or the first name on on fans' lips outside of like this month. Um but but if he does feel like he should be, then he has every chance to prove it on the pitch. He will get his minutes. Um, and if in that time he he somehow proves that not only does he uh, deserve to be on the front line as Kane and Son, but also deserves to be amongst them in terms of presence at the club and, and profile, then, you know, let him prove it. 
yeah, we'll come on more to Bale a bit later. We'll talk about how, where he fits in. But I think before we move on to any for- formations, it's important to bring in the, the second uh, new sign in this week that is set to come in from Real Madrid. It does seem that you're getting something back from that special relationship that you've got down the years of then taking your best players. So that's always a positive. But um, Sergio Regulon, uh, a left back who was on loan at Sevilla last season, quite an attacking fullback. Um, I think he got eight or nine goal contributions across the uh, two major competitions last year. So similar to Matt Doherty, uh, it does seem that you're going a slightly different way with your fullbacks than you were last season. Um, do you think this will be a good signing? And are you worried about any potential buyback clause? This is an incredible signing. Uh, I I actually brought this up maybe over a month ago, and then tweeted about it maybe three weeks ago when when the first like whisper of like a Regulon is being offered to Manchester United could Tottenham be interested? And then it turns out all the Manchester United links were fake to get us involved. So whoever managed that at Madrid is a genius. Um, but I I think it's it's a perfect signing. The only weird thing about it was that Mourinho has always stated that his idea. And the reason why we struggled after Davis went down last season was that Davis was supposed to form a back three and attack with with Aurier always bombing forward on the right. And then the the purchase of Dougherty was to replicate that. Um, By signing somebody like Regulon, that changes drastically. And I think we saw the first glimpse of that tactically actually in the Europa League match yesterday where Davis was actually getting forward on the left and it was Hoybier that was dropping back to form that three when we were in attack. We will have to do that <laughs> if we sign Regulon. He is not a defensive left back. He's developing there, but he's definitely better in the attacking spaces, dribbling, crosses, passing, uh, in a way that we really haven't seen in some time. Maybe that one best year of Walker and Rose since we've seen that level of of creativity. But I, I'd argue that that Regulon is even more creative than them, um, more than Ori, more effective in in those spaces and, and in those ways. Um, so I, I think it's it's an absolutely brilliant signing. If anything, I feel bad for him that he's he's being lumped back in with Bale. I thought he'd get his own announcement yesterday. We're recording on Friday, so that we could like space out the two. And then Levy and Drew Levy form was like, if I'm sending a private jet, I'm sending one private jet, and you're both getting on it. Um, so I do feel bad for him in that regard. In terms of the buyback clause and the preemptive, whatever the other one is, uh, which is basically after those two years they'll still be able they can match any offer that we get. I'm really not that worried about it. It's 45 million. If he lives up to the hype and he's 45 million worth of player over the next 2 years, he can go back to Madrid with with full blessing. The reason why this is weird is that this was supposed to be Sessegnon's year to develop at left back. Obviously, either that's not going well enough or we weren't as confident in Davis as Mourinho thought he would be last season. So, bringing in Regulon probably means Sessegnon goes out on loan, or if we're planning on playing a back three, obviously Sessegnon and Regulon way closer in terms of player profile than either of them to Ben Davis, who, you know, with his lack of mobility and creativity is is darn near a center back, as he frequently is for uh, for Wales. But I, I think it's an absolutely brilliant signing. He, he's one of the best young left backs in all of Europe, obviously Sevilla winner. Uh, of the Europa League last season, as Sevilla do so gosh darn always. I actually think it's really weird that, that Madrid are letting him go. That that really bad year, was that two years ago maybe? Three? He was probably their best left back. Marcelo was already on the decline, um, and I don't think they had brought in uh, Mendy yet. So it, it's very strange to me that he's he's even available, obviously on loan last year so. Uh, they they were willing to watch him grow some, and if he grows into a fifty million pound player, and then they just recall him, then uh, that's a lot of 
both value and player that that they'd be getting back um, with that buyback clause. But yeah, in the interim, I'm absolutely delighted for him to be here. And if Sessegnon can grow in those two years while he's out, uh, maybe on loan, maybe one year out on loan, one year back with us, or maybe just stays the whole time. Regardless, we're getting in an option that immediately improves us for the duration that he's here. And if he goes, I don't think I'll be too mad about it, but check back in with me when it happens because it might be salty as hell if he's as good as I think he can be. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I'm just going to throw a few stats in here and plug my own article and Regulon that's gone up on the EPL Index website um, in the last uh, 24 hours. So uh, he was actually he actually had 2.3 short creating actions last year per 90 minutes, two, uh, 0.29 goal creating actions per 90 minutes. And if you compare that to Matt Doherty, slightly fewer goal creating actions, but 2.03 short creating actions from Matt Doherty. So slightly more creative than Matt Doherty, and he's seen as one of the best attacking fullbacks in the league. So yeah. definitely something to go on there. And on Davies, he, I'm not going to talk about his creativity because that's slightly unfair, but he, <laughs> he only played about 1,400 minutes in the Premier League. So there's obviously doubts about his fitness there as well. So, um, yeah, it does seem to make sense. And if it allows Sessegnon to go out on loan, I think it's a good move for everybody. Uh, but just moving into how you might set up now, uh, bringing him in, you talked about the slight um, changes in the Europa League yesterday. But I've always thought with Spurs, if you've got Eric Dyer playing, that he he suits the back three. And do you think there's? It, it's not a Mourinho formation, I know that. But do you think there's any sort of um, chance that that could be something that comes into it? Because last weekend you did look lacking pace at the back. Doherty was sort of out of position quite a lot. They had a lot of joy getting Richardson in behind, and maybe having a back three with the pace of Sanchez could could work if you've got that creativity down both flanks. Do you think that's something that Mourinho might? might try or do you think he's gonna just stick to to having Hoiberg stay back and and form the back three yeah no I think it's a it's a really good point obviously as soon as the the Balaam Regalon stuff became real all of us went to our uh, (laughs) chalkboards and and whiteboards to try to see what lineup would work the best I I do think a back three could work I think the main issue with a back three and Dave and I have talked about this on our on our big season review shows and I know it's a big point of his is that you can't just choose to play a back three right because it requires so much improved communication and opens up so many different gaps in the defense when there are three because now you have channels either side of that middle center back and either side of those outer center backs so it really requires a high level of concentration i think the issue for us would be yes davinson is the most mobile and arguably the most talented but he's also the most prone to a mental lapse 
especially off of his back shoulder, which has been his issue since day one. And it's really frustrating that he hasn't worked it out yet. Although apparently Ludley King is basically our defensive coordinator now and is going to try to work on that. But if he was at the far back, maybe we could get away with it because then if somebody beats him off his shoulder, there's still Dyer and uh, Toby to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, playing with a back three, I think this is this is where you're coming from, would improve us basically everywhere else on the pitch. I'm just not confident that the back three itself would improve us defensively. But if it allows Dougherty and uh, Regulon to both get forward, if it allows us to play Kane, Son, Bale up front, if it allows us to mix and match in that central midfield depending on context, if it's LaCelso and Hoybier, if it's Ndombele and Hoybier, if you're wanting to play a little bit more defensively, if it's Ali and... Uh, and LaCelso, if you like, really need to bomb forward, it, it looks like that midfield will be a two. The weird thing with that is we've spent years trying to get the players in to play a 4-3-3, and now we have so many central midfielders, especially if you're considering it a three without a traditional number 10 role, because then you have Deli, LaCelso, and Dombele, Hoybier, Winks, Sissoko, and Jedson. That's seven players for two spots if we play a back three and just two in the bank uh, of four. Um... Well, that's a 3-4-3, three, three, I suppose. In a 3-5-2, maybe you can get that third one in there. And Hoybier is the holding one. But then then you're having to play either Sun or Bale up front with Kane, which I'm sure Kane wouldn't mind <laughs> somebody else pulling the attention that close to him. But yeah, I, it definitely opens up a lot of opportunities. And I think the benefit of having Mourinho as opposed to Pochettino is he does believe in tactics more than he believes in a philosophy with with. Pochettino, obviously he did try back three briefly when it was so on vogue because Conte did it well and then everybody was like, I'll do a worse version of that. <laughs> but uh, yes, I, I think a back three could potentially happen. I'd personally be worried about the defense, but I do see how it would benefit uh, the rest of the squad, especially if we're planning on building up attacks in the wide spaces. Because <laughs> if you have Regulon and Son on the left and Dougherty and Bale on the right and then Kane just in the middle waiting for all those balls, I, I think we'd have a pretty successful time of it. Although... The the get the ball out wide and cross it in style is both not in vogue and can lead to a lot of lost opportunities. Yeah, it is definitely a good problem to have. Um, and I'm sure with the amount of games Tottenham have, there there will be several different um, formations and, and collection of players used. So there's probably going to be chances for everybody. But uh, it's just, it does open up a bit more flexibility and that can only be a good thing. Um before we move on to, to any sort of striker discussion, I just wanted to get your uh, thoughts on Deli Ali and his future. Um, mm. He he was missing yesterday, wasn't included in the squad, got taken off at half-time against Everton uh, for what were tactical reasons, so that doesn't sound good. Um, and he's been linked with a move away. It was, it was talked about in this Real Madrid deal. I don't know how um, serious that ever got, but it does seem that he could be one that, that doesn't have the... The long-term future that you might hope. Um, what what are your thoughts on where Deli Ali currently is, and do you think there's any chance he could potentially leave um, before the end of the window? Yeah, as you'll know um, from interacting with me on Twitter, my opinions of Deli Ali vary wildly. Um, I think his talent level is still very high, but he just hasn't become the player that he was supposed to be, or that he looked like he would be. Um, in that first year. Obviously, if this is the player he is to have ro- risen up through MK Dons and be a regular Premier League starter, that is still a very successful career. And it would be silly to say it's not. But <laughs> there was a time there where it looked like he was going to be an elite Premier League player, um, a, a globally uh, 
a worldwide talent that, that everybody really knows about. And maybe they do already. And that's why everybody's so disappointed in what he's become. Um, the issue that I have with Deli Ali at the moment uh, is that he is not a creative passer of the ball. He can beat his man, maybe two, but he tries so much nonsense during matches that just opens up counterattacks that it, it's really become quite problematic because him and Lucas both dribble straight into defenses and lose the ball. And you can't have two of them. You can't probably have one of them in a Mourinho team where the point is to be sound at the back, not concede, and then maybe score your, your one or two goals going forward. So missing Erickson and, and saying that Deli Ali is now the main creator, which I know Steve said on, on the last full uh, uh, EPL roundtable show, <laughs> was that Deli Ali is supposed to take over that role. But I don't think he can. I think that's La Celso, uh, who is obviously super dynamic and, and can basically do any role that you ask of him. But his ability to to unpick the lock in, in those kind of tight spaces, especially against teams that want to defend, I think is so much more valuable than Deli Ali, who's just going to try to beat at least two men to try to open up a shot. Obviously, at his best, he scores goals. He sets up assists by getting deep into the box and then cutting it back. But he isn't really going to pick that pass out from from distance, which is something that we're we're going to need this season. And it's something that we saw against Everton was nobody was able to make that pass until Ndombele came on and did it twice in his first five minutes and then not again the rest of the match. <laughs> but I am unsurprised that we are hearing links about Deli Ali going away. I think Mourinho came in and thought that he could turn him into the world-class player that he's flashed at times. And I don't think he's taken enough steps in that direction. We heard all preseason how great Deli Ali was training, but then you, you turn on the match on Sunday, and where is it? Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird one. I think Deli Ali could actually really thrive um, once Bale comes in because we were talking about um, how, how the defense will have to respect Son, Kane, and Bale on the front line. All of a sudden, if if the defense is all worried about those three, then you have Deli Ali nipping in and out of the spaces behind those three. Um, maybe Lacelso's the distributing one and, and Deli Ali just charges whatever channel is open. It could work. Um, if somebody offered me 50 million though, I'm, I'm not sure I would reject it at this point. There's every chance that wherever he goes next, he would actually blow up. If he was included in the Madrid deal, you put him in that Madrid team with a fading Barcelona and Atletico that seemed to have lost their way. I'm sure he would have won titles and looked like a superstar again. Um, but as, as for us, you, you consider all of that and the fact, like what I just said, there might only be two central midfield spots if we played a back three. Even if there's three, it's still competition between those seven players. Uh, you know, if, if he locks down a starting role, it's because he's earned it and because I think he'll have a good season. But if you don't see him much and he leaves on October 4th, I don't think I'd be necessarily shocked by that either. Yeah, we'll move on to the, the search for a striker, which seems to have been ongoing for about five years now. <laughs> There was some varying <laughs> success. I think Fernando Lorente did quite well in it. But I think with Kane's injuries now, you need someone who offers a little bit more than Lorente. Somebody that can come in and, and can can carry that goal threat over a, a, an eight or nine game stretch that you might have to. Because it, we always say if Kane gets injured, but I'm sure these strikers that get, get approached think he is going to get injured at some point. So they will get a chance. Um, in the last few days, we've seen uh, Belotti from Torino links. We've seen... Uh, Milik links, although he seems to be going elsewhere. Um, Danny Ings was linked yesterday in, in the English press. And uh, Diallo seems to be one that keeps getting links as well in, in France. Saw uh, this morning another link come out. 
um, saying that he, he is the backup option for Spurs. So it does seem like there's a deal there to do, but they're not going ahead with it until they've exhausted all other options, which <laughs> won't make him feel great, but that seems to be where they're at. How do you see this playing <laughs> out? And could you see maybe a Danny Ings coming in or do you think it will be more a Diallo type? For our homegrown rules, it would be great <laughs> if it was Danny Ings. Also, uh, this is just uh, nonsense speculation that literally no one else has said thus far. I do wonder if we're like silently interested in Rian Brewster, um, if he was available, because we keep seeing him linked with Sheffield United and and uh, Crystal Palace. And I'm just like, he fixes the homegrown issue, is young enough that he wouldn't have an issue um, playing alongside or behind Kane, one wouldn't think. Uh, also, I don't know why Liverpool aren't keeping him. He's their second best striker, and Firmino is barely a striker. Fantastic player, just, you know, not a traditional nine. Um, but, uh, yes, we've been linked to basically everyone. In terms of things, apparently Southampton have been very clear that they aren't selling, especially this late in the window, and of course not. Uh, as as uh, I was saying yesterday on Twitter, it doesn't make sense for the player, because Danny Ings is trying to get an England spot. He'd go to Tottenham and play mostly behind Kane and lose lose that minutes in that kind of prime spot he has for Southampton. Southampton are losing one of their best players and their best striker with just two weeks left in the window. And we'd be paying Ings at the highest point of his value his entire career, which doesn't feel particularly Tottenham to do. So I think that's a, a very strange one. I fully believe that Mourinho's like, it's supposed to be Danny Ings, the same way he was like, it has to be Hoybier over all of the other good defensive midfield options we were looking at. Um but no, I, I don't I don't see Ings happening. And I'm not even sure I would want it to happen. We have injury issues all across the pitch. You're like, let's bring in another one with a shoddy injury history. That doesn't seem to be very wise. As you said, we've been linked with a gajillion players. Uh, two that you missed on the on the recency uh, front are Carlos Fernandez and uh, Valt Veghorst, um, who's obviously playing his trade in Bundesliga. And only Lewandowski has had more shots on target and more goals the last two seasons. So I've I've already seen people be like, why would we want Veghorst? He's just another Jansen. And I'm like, shush, shush, shush. You, you clearly do not know what you're talking about. But um, yes, it seems like we will have to spend another international slot on a striker, which means we're going to have to let another person go. And I will say, it sounds like we are trying to get in another striker, where briefly... I thought we were trying to do with Bale this window what we did with Bergvine last, which is if you get enough wingers in, Son can be a forward <laughs> because Bale could play on the right, Bergvine on the left, Son up front if if Kane gets injured. Um, but it seems like we do want an actual striker. Obviously, sent Troy Parrott out on loan, so just the one recognized striker in Harry Kane. So yes, we're we're definitely interested. It sounds like we're probably in the twenty to twenty five million range. Um, for an actual striker, which <laughs> eliminates the majority of names that you've probably heard linked to us. Like you said, Milik seems set for Roma. Uh, Belotti sounds like he wants to stay at Torino, which really isn't surprising. Italian players do not often leave Serie A for whatever reason. Um, the one that I'm really interested in is Carlos Vinicius. Vinicius? Vin- hmm, who knows? Um, but anyway, uh, is really, really good in Portugal. And apparently our main center back target is Ruben Diaz. As the uh, Mourinho and Mendes uh, influence starts to to take deeper root in the club, I think both of them would be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> but as as you said, it's it's probably still Diallo, who we allegedly had agreed terms with in January before we decided to switch and get Bergwijn, who was a ridiculous value um, at the time, especially mid season for a team that was still doing well in the Eredivisie. Uh, but yeah, very very very. Uh, 
excited to see us try to bring in a striker. It, I think the interesting thing is it will be such a letdown. Whoever we sign after Bale is just going to be like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a striker, which, as you said, is something we've needed for, for so many years. Basically, since Soldado flopped, we've needed a striker. No striker we've brought in has been super successful. Yes, Lorente had the Champions League goal and the assist uh, for um, Lucas's goal against Ajax, but he, he did not lead the line well for us. He was a good option off the bench to just come lump up forward and, and cause havoc uh, in the defensive areas for, for defenders. Um, but I think we lost to Chelsea with him leading the line in the League Cup. Um and I don't think his scoring record was particularly good. And I think we even opted to play Sun up front over him during a stretch of that of that Kane injury. What was that? Two years ago now? <laughs> anyway, I'm rambling a bit here. But yes, I think we will sign another striker. It's probably going to be somewhere between 20 and 25 million pounds, which, which limits us. If we can get Diallo, he might even be less than 20 at this point. But I would absolutely love like a Veg horse or, or a Carlos Vinicius. But... As, as you said, it looks like a Milik and Balotier nose, and, and the one that I would have really loved, Pats and Daka, is like, I'm 20 and need to develop more, which is uh, fair enough, I suppose. But I would think that we have another striker in by the end of the window. Yeah, I think Tottenham have really missed out on the uh, Olivier Giroud London roundabout because he would have been the perfect second choice uh, to In Kate, January but, as well, yeah. Yeah, it's it's one that they, they've missed out on, but it's difficult. Him starting at Arsenal is... is Politically, a difficult one to get to Tottenham, so they, they've missed out there. But sounds positive on those fronts. Uh, before we wrap up, I'll start uh, have one final question on just the general direction Tottenham are going in at the moment. Because under Pochettino, there's a genuine sort of uh, philosophy, um, and they were targeting young players to improve. Now it seems to be a win now strategy, bringing in Mourinho uh, and now Bale. Uh, it's a little long term planning there. And with the, the move to the new stadium and the Amazon documentary, it does seem like Levy wants Tottenham to be uh, a massive club and in 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 the main headlines as opposed to sort of being one of the secondary big clubs in England. Um, do you think this is going to continue? Um, or do you think that this is very much a short-term thing for now and then you'll get back to maybe the, the, the form of po- uh, philosophy under a, a younger head coach in, in the next couple of years? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think we're definitely at the end of the previous cycle. So we have obviously Kane and Son and Toby and Hugo all in their primes. And I think rather than just sell them on, which obviously could have happened, Toby could have left on a free. Um, people could have tried to come in for Kane and Son. I think the the choice was we'll, for, we'll forego the young signings. Obviously, Regulon and, and Bergvine still both um, young. Hoybier young as well. Dougherty not. Bale not. Um, some of the striker options not as well. Uh, but yes, I, th- I think we're just trying to wring out the last bits of magic from the Pochettino team by supplementing um, the established players at Tottenham with established players from other clubs. I saw somewhere it, we either have five or six uh, national team captains at, at Tottenham now, which is the, the most in Europe. I, I think that was very much a, a choice by... Um, Mourinho to try to strengthen, try to bring in people with leadership qualities. If anybody's seen the Amazon documentary, try to replace that nice guy mentality that we have. Um, but yes, this this very much feels short term. I don't think Mourinho will be here more than three years. And <laughs> around then is like when Regulon could go back to his club. It's when, you know, Bale's contract runs out, even if we do take up his option. Um, it's probably when Kane goes. Uh, it might be when Sun goes, who I, I have no idea why Madrid have yet to sniff around uh, Sun. 
I, I just think that would make so much sense, both from a marketing angle and from an on-pitch angle. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is very short term. Whether or not we'll ever like fully return to the Pochettino, buy young players, develop them, get the most out of them, and then sell them at a high price thing, I don't know if we will ever find the level of success sticking to that philosophy that we did with Pochettino. He overachieved so heavily because of how good a manager he was because of his relationship with the players, the ownership, the fans. I I don't know if that will work again. I fully believe that we will try it again uh, after this Mourinho period, but I, I do not see it working out the same way ever again. Yeah, it does, does seem to be an interesting point in uh, the Tottenham story under Daniel Levy. But it's, it's certainly an interesting one to follow. And Bale's going to bring more headlines. And yeah, Tottenham are going to be an interesting club for everybody yeah, to follow. Off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Off the pitch, we are absolutely massive right now. But the issue is that we have our highest profile, at least since I've since I've been following. But the what's on the pitch is super not living up to that. I do think that's one of the reasons why we've like gone out and, and tried to get this flash signing and bail. Although what what a shame that there won't be fans there to give him his bail chance after all those years of, of being booed uh, in Madrid. But the the profile is huge. <laughs> now it's time for the you know the play to actually live up to a billion dollar stadium, the most expensive training ground in the country, the most expensive manager in the country. Like at a certain point, you got to do it. And as you said, it is an interesting chapter for Levy. I think he is all in. He he sinks or swims with what Mourinho is about to do. That's why we're spending all the money that we are. Clever dealings. The 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 fact that we aren't going to pay more than fifteen million total for Bale's loan. The fact that Regulon we're buying for like twenty five ish, but but the buyback clause is forty five. Like we're still doing smart business. Doherty for twelve to fifteen. Hoybieren basically for Walker Peters and three. Like. We're actually being really, really smart this window, but we're also spending a lot, and we're spending a lot on wages this year, which is something we were obviously known to hesitate on in the past. So, yes, I'm. You're absolutely right. The the profile is huge right now, but you know it'd be nice if the play reflected that, and hopefully it will with these new signings. Yeah, it well, it won't start against Southampton because I doubt either will play, but it will start in the next few weeks. So we will see how that goes. But we are now. Out of time for today. Um, I'm sure Kev will be back on the main show and talking more bail as more information comes out. But you can get him on Twitter at Kevrov. You can get me on Twitter at Jack with two ends, And you can get the show on Twitter at EPL Roundtable. But thank you for listening and we hope you join us again next time. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.